Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday presented by DraftKings, and we've got Greg Cosell the professor from NFL Films University in session to be able to talk not only about James Bradbury, who's now a free agent, but we're going to go through the different teams' drafts because I know you want to hear what Greg has to say about your team's draft picks, probably other teams in your division, maybe all the teams in the NFL. And look, this is the guy that knows it. We also, by the way, do something very similar on the College Draft podcast. But Emery can and does have different opinions, which is what great makes the world go round. Plus, there's always current news, events, etc. to go over with Greg, like Bradbury being released by the Giants, as well as some running back signings. So we'll get to Greg momentarily. I should let you know, not only on the Fantasy Feast today, will we go over Joe Dolan's rookie tight end rankings and his thoughts on A.J. Brown and some of these other moves. But on Friday's Ross Tucker football podcast, it'll be a little bit later Friday morning than we normally do. We are scheduled to have Michael North, the vice president of scheduling for the NFL. The schedule will be released tomorrow night, Thursday night, and then Friday morning, We'll go over through all the different machinations with Mike North, which we love to do. We'll also announce the Spread the Word winner. Remember, this week it's TikTok. At Ross Tucker NFL on TikTok. I need you guys. If you're on TikTok, follow me. At Ross Tucker NFL. Sponsor confirmation email winner as well. A lot of people sending me UFOs, which I love. And then the YouTube shout out, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is always awesome. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. All right, Greg, we're going to kick it off with a bang. Greg, of course, at Greg Cosell on social media, 40 plus years at NFL Films, which is amazing. At Greg Cosell is the way to make sure you always know what Greg is up to. But before we get to the NFC East, Greg, I did want to start just by asking about a guy that just became available, 
Uh, James Bradbury, I don't know. It feels like two years ago he signed a huge contract with the Giants. It feels like that happens all the time, by the way. A guy signs <laughs> a huge deal. Two years later, we're talking about them being a free agent again, which is the case with Bradbury. You know, I see it in Philly. I see it other places. Everybody, of course, thinks their team should sign James Bradbury. What is he? What, what You know, we know he was a big name free agent, big money guy a couple years ago. What do you think Bradbury is right now? He's still fairly young, Ross. I think he's under 30. Um, you know, he played for the Giants, who the last couple of years, um, they played a lot of zone coverage. Um, they did not play a high percentage of man-to-man relative to the rest of the NFL. They played a lot of cover three, which does have man elements to it, but you know, I think he'd probably be seen, not that he can't line up and play man. And the Giants did use him at times as a matchup corner. Uh, but I think he'd probably be seen more as a true zone corner for teams that are likely to play a higher percentage of zone coverage concepts than straight man coverage concepts. Got it. That makes sense. Um, it seems like the Giants kind of wanted to keep him, but financially it just, they decided it, he, he wasn't a high enough priority. I, I'm a little bit confused on that one um, because I don't really love their other corners, but, you know, this is one of the things that happens, Greg. By the way, this is a whole different conversation. This is one of the real issues if you're changing coaches, changing GMs. You know, the new guy comes in, he wants to do his thing. You end up getting rid of guys that you just gave a lot of money to. You have dead cat money. It it sort of becomes a cycle, Greg. Yeah. Well, the other thing, too, is that I believe Wink Martindale is their new D coordinator, and he plays a lot of man and likes to pressure. And, look, I don't know the reason that Bradbury is not there anymore. I'm sure the cap and money has a lot to do with it, but I can only speak from the football perspective. The only other two signings that um, stood out to me at all were the, the the Dolphins got another running back, adding Sony Michelle when they'd already gotten Mostert and Chase Edmonds. I mean, the Dolphins are compiling running backs. And then the Ravens signed Mike Davis, which seems like a really good place to go if you're a running back, by the way. Any thoughts on either one of those guys or those signings, Greg? Well, let's talk about Mike Davis in Baltimore for a second, Ross, because I think Baltimore is is essentially, I think, telling you that they need to be a running football team to be successful. Last year, they struggled running the ball, um, and obviously Lamar Jackson did not play the last five or six games due to injury, but... Uh, We know they drafted two tight ends this year in the fourth round. They signed Mike Davis. They drafted Tyler Beatty from Missouri in the sixth round, a back whose tape I liked. Not a feature back, not a foundation back, but a very good multidimensional back. And they'll get J.K. Dobbins back this year. They still have Gus Edwards. I think they're telling you, I don't think we have to interpret this, Ross. I think they're telling you that they really need their offense to be a running offense and for everything to work off that. Well, and not only that, Greg, I mean, trading Hollywood Brown, and it sounds like he wanted out, but that sort of reinforces that too. I mean, he wanted to play in a different offense. You know, he wanted 
the ball more, which is fine. Um, but I don't know. I guess you. I feel like you try to make it work if you really thought you're going to be throwing the ball a lot if you're the Ravens. But um, that's never what they've wanted to do, really, since they've had a guy like that, uh, Lamar Jackson, a quarterback. Let's get into some of these drafts, Greg, because I, I want to get into it. Um, we'll start in the NFC East. We're going to go through every team, not every pick, but just some of the more notable ones. Dallas Cowboys. You know, their first few picks, Greg, Tyler Smith, the tackle from Tulsa in the first round, uh, Sam Williams, the edge from Ole Miss, except NFL.com is calling him D. Williams now, and then Jalen Tolbert in the third round, the wide receiver from South Alabama. Well, let's focus on two guys, Tyler Smith and Sam Williams. Tyler Smith played left tackle at Tulsa. And he had all kinds of issues in pass protection. He needs to be reworked in pass protection. But he's very nasty. He's very competitive. I thought watching his tape that it would make sense for him to spend a year or two inside at left guard before he would play left tackle in the National Football League. He's gifted enough physically and athletically to play on the outside, but he's not ready to do that. So obviously they still have Tyron Smith, who's of course battled injuries. Got Tyron Smith's now going into his ninth or tenth year. Um, but uh, I would I would expect that Tyler Smith would line up at left guard for the Cowboys. Um, Sam Williams is a fascinating player. There were a lot of issues with him off the field. I was told this by a number of scouts. But when you watch his tape, he is a really, really talented player. He's the only player that I watched, and I didn't watch every single snap of Charles Cross, the left tackle from um, Mississippi State. But Sam Williams was the uh, only player that I saw that really gave Cross a lot of problems. He's an extremely talented edge player, extremely talented edge pass rusher, which I guess leads me to believe that they're going to keep Micah Parsons at linebacker. Yeah, I think um, I think they like having Parsons rush from different places. I agree, and and the offense having to worry about him and not knowing where he's coming from. I would I think agree that, with that. The I would thought agree. He's such a good edge rusher, though, isn't he? Oh, he's really good. I have mixed emotions about that because a lot of times they'll rush him from like the inside, and things there's just too much. There's too many, too many bodies a lot of times. Um, and I'm not sure that that's utilizing him best, but I understand the logic and the thought process of not wanting the team to know where he's coming from. I would agree. That, that, They'll probably try to have some other schemes cooked up this year. Um, out of the rest of their picks, Greg, Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, South Alabama, Jake Ferguson, tight end, Wisconsin. Well, let's go to tackle North Dakota. Deron Bland, corner, Fresno State. Damone Clark, linebacker, LSU. Ridgeway, the D-tackle, Arkansas. Anybody else jump out to you? Well, Ridgeway is a really interesting prospect. He's a run defender, but a really good one out of Arkansas. Played one year at Arkansas after transferring, I forget from where. But he, he's, he's one of those grinders, Ross. He's an inside run defender, very good at that. Um, Tolbert has a real opportunity here. Tolbert is long, athletic, smooth, fluid. Um, right now, they have Lamb, they have Gallup coming off an injury, and that third wide receiver is kind of open. They signed James Washington from Pittsburgh 
who never really uh, emerged with the Steelers. So that third wide receiver spot when they go 11 personnel is kind of up for grabs. Um, they have Tolbert. Um, last year, they drafted Simi Fahoko from Stanford, who's a very interesting prospect as well. So Tolbert's in the running for that third wide receiver spot. Let's get to the Giants. Uh, they had two of the first seven picks, and they got Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, two of the, the better prospects in this draft. Um, you know, Thibodeau, it, it was actually a good work by the Giants as well because they knew how the draft was playing out, that they could take Thibodeau first and that they'd have a tackle available. Um, I really like Evan Neal. I think he'll step right in and start at right tackle. Um, he played left tackle at Alabama. He played right tackle the year before, and he played guard the year before that. So he has a lot of versatility on the offensive line, but he'll step right in at right tackle. They'll keep Thomas at left tackle because he clearly improved as the 2021 season progressed, and they don't want to start moving Thomas around. They want him to settle in at left tackle and feel comfortable. So Neil will be the day one starter at right tackle. I really like Neil's tape. Um, Thibodeau, Thibodeau is a fascinating guy. He's got tremendous get off. He's very strong. He's not a true bender. He, he struggled at times to flatten his rush path when he reached the top of the pass rush arc, but he's another guy you can move around and that's become part and parcel of a lot of these defenses now. And I think with a, a defensive coordinator like Wink Martindale, we know what he did in Baltimore. People move around a lot. You will not see Kayvon Thibodeau line up in one place. You're going to see him move around. He'll be a joker. He'll line up over guards. He'll be a very effective player in the context of the Giants' defense under Wink Martindale. Some of the other picks, um, their second and third round picks. Second round, they with the uh, pick 11, 43rd overall. They took Wandell Robinson, the wide receiver from Kentucky. Yeah. Then in round three, Joshua Azudu, the guard from North Carolina. Cordell Flott, the corner from LSU. What do you think of especially Wandell Robinson, Greg? Robinson's an interesting player. I mean, he's one of those, you know, players that kind of fits. Here, I'll give you – I think one reason they drafted him, and he's not Tyreek Hill, so I don't want people to think he's Tyreek Hill. But Mike Kafka is now their offensive coordinator. He came from the Chiefs. And I think Robinson – fits that mold of a player, you can move around your offensive formation. He's a motion player. He's a jet sweep player. He's an orbit reverse player. Think of, of Tyree Kill and how much he was in motion in the Chiefs offense. As I said, Robinson is not Tyree Kill, but in terms of deployment conceptually within an offense, he kind of fits that mold. And because Mike Kafka is there, I think they see Robinson as that kind of player. So, my immediate thought when you say that, Greg, is can't you do a lot of that stuff with Kadarius Tony? I mean, Kadarius Tony is drafting for a But I think, and there's nothing wrong, by the way, with having a couple of guys like that. Theoretically, they did the same thing in Kansas City with McCall Hardman. So there's nothing wrong with having two players like that. You're trying to create issues for the defense. Motion does that. Where guys are uh, when they move around does that creates communication and adjustment issues for the defense. So there's nothing wrong with taking that approach. Anybody else jump out to you? I mentioned. I really like that kid at Azudu from North Carolina. I studied him in, in detail. He played mostly left guard at North Carolina. He also bumped out and played meaningful snaps at left tackle. 
I think he's a really good prospect, and it would not surprise me if he's the Giants' starting left guard sooner than later. Wow. Um, they got Bellinger, the tight end from San Diego State, Dane Belton, safety from Iowa, Micah McFadden, linebacker from Indiana. I felt like Micah McFadden made every tackle when I watched Indiana play. Yeah, I, I didn't study him in great detail, but you're right about that because I saw, obviously, a lot of Big Ten games, um, but I didn't study him in great detail. Um, the tight end, Bellinger, I think he's probably your classic number two kind of tight end. Um, they, they signed two tight ends as free agents. I, you know, I've never understood why Ricky Seals-Jones hasn't become more than, than he is. He always has moments during an NFL season wherever he's been, and he's a very athletic kid. I remember when he came out of high school, he was a big, big-time recruit. He was a basketball player, too, and it's just never quite worked out. I can't speak to why. Let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think last week we certainly discussed Jordan Davis. We discussed A.J. Brown. So I'm curious about your thoughts on their next couple picks in particular, Greg. Cam Jurgens in the second round, uh, athletic center from Nebraska, and then N'Kobe Dean, the linebacker from yeah. Georgia. Want to get your thoughts on both these guys. I think Jurgens was drafted to be the starting center in 2023. Um, he's very athletic. Um I, I think he's got some things he needs to work out. I didn't see him as ready to be a starter this year, but I don't think they see him that way. I think they really liked him. Look, I know there were a number of teams, including the Eagles, that had Jurgens rated ahead of Linderbaum. Um, I'm no offensive line expert. I did not, but that's okay. Um, but I think Jurgens was drafted clearly. Uh, they, they took him because they think this will be Jason Kelsey's last year. They did not want to move Landon Dickerson from left guard with Brandon Book Brooks retiring. They did not want to move Isaac Sayamalu from right guard. So they wanted a center. And Jurgens, I think, can fill the bill, and it's a really good spot for him. N'Kobe Dean is a, is a really good prospect. Um, I guess he fell because of potential injury concerns. He might have fallen as well, Ross, because teams do have specific parameters for specific positions, and he's very close to the bottom end spectrum for height for a stacked linebacker, and it's very possible, I don't know this, it's very possible that teams said, hey, he's just over 5'11", he doesn't fit the mold. Um but N'Kobe Dean is a really good player. He's got tremendous short area quickness in the box. He's an outstanding blitzer. I'm very curious to see if Jonathan Gannon features him that way, uh, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, because Kirby Smart is one of the coaches in college football that blitzes a lot and whose concepts are very NFL-based. Um, you don't see that a ton in college football, as you know, doing college football games. But N'Kobe Dean is an outstanding blitzer. Any thoughts on Kyron Johnson or Grant Calcaterra in the sixth round? Cal uh, Calcaterra is, a, is an intriguing guy because people might remember him a couple of years ago at Oklahoma. He looked like the next great tight end as a receiver. And then he retired for a year. I guess he had some concussion issues and then came back this year. And he's still a really good receiver. He's athletic. He can attack all three levels of the defense. He can run the vertical seams. He can run crossers. He's, he's to me, has a chance to get some meaningful snaps in 12 personnel packages with Dallas Goddard. Wow. Okay. Last but not least, let's get to the Washington Commanders. 
I know we talked about Jahan Dotson last week, comparing and contrasting him with Chris Olave, which got a bunch of attention. Um, the next two guys, boy, Washington drafts a lot of Alabama guys. Yeah. Next two guys, Kadarian <clears throat> Mathis, the D tackle from Alabama, and Brian Robinson, the running back from Alabama. Yeah, uh, Mathis is just one of those interior D linemen. I don't see, I don't know what the salaries and the uh, situation is and the contract situation is with Payne and Allen. It's very possible that maybe one of those guys is going to be gone. I don't know the answer to that. I can but just Mathis tell you, Greg, very- Allen signed an extension. I think that they've decided they're going to give Chase Young and Sweat extensions, and I think they're going to let Payne go. So, they, uh, so if Payne's the odd man out, then they needed to replace him. Um, so Mathis is that guy. Mathis is is very much in the mold. He's a big interior D lineman with pass rush skills to be unlocked and unleashed. Um, really good prospect. A really good prospect. Um, and then you have Brian Robinson, who I, whose tape I really, really like. And I think he has an opportunity here to get meaningful, meaningful snaps. Um, Antonio Gibson is, is, I think he's a solid back. I don't know if when all said and done, Gibson is truly a workhorse bell cow back. Robinson is 225. Gibson's a big man too, but Robinson is 225. Um, sometimes you watch him run. He doesn't look like he's 225. I really liked his tape. I thought there's a kid that really improved each and every year. Finally got his opportunity in 2021. I would not be surprised if he gets significant snaps as, as a back in, in the Washington offense this year. All right, then uh, you had Percy Butler in the fourth round, Sam Howell in the fifth round, Cole Turner in the fifth round, the tight end from Nevada, Chris Paul, Christian Holmes. I got We got to go back to Sam Howell. Yeah. Right? I mean, the guy, I don't remember what you thought of him over the summer, but the guy seemed to be the person most people thought was the best quarterback prospect. Lost a bunch of receivers and running backs. Didn't have as good of a year. But how do you go, Greg, from first round to fifth round? I mean, like, what was he that bad? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, that seemed to be the case with the quarterbacks this year other than Kenny Pickett, and there's I don't have an answer for that. Um, Sam Howell did not have a great year. Um, I, I, you know, I think there's a concern. Here, here's the issue. And you know that teams do this kind of research. I can't. I just don't have the time, and I don't work for a team. But when all's said and done, if Sam Howell's going to be a great quarterback in this league or even a, a higher level quarterback, he's going to have to be a pocket player. There's no question he has movement ability. He's tough. He's competitive. He's the kind of guy you want to play for. But at the end of the day, he's a six-foot pocket quarterback. How many six-foot pocket quarterbacks have been high-level players in the NFL? Let's put Drew Brees aside. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, Baker Mayfield's a six-foot pocket quarterback. Obviously, questions about him. So there's questions about six-foot pocket quarterbacks. And I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying this is the these are the kinds of things teams do. They do this kinds of research. So in some ways, some might have felt that Sam Howell is an exception. That's interesting. Very interesting. Because obviously we had Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray went number one back. But Murray back obviously has, has special movement ability. He's different. He doesn't fall into that category. Just like Russell Wilson doesn't fall into that category. You're different too, Greg. You are absolutely awesome. Thank you so much as always at Greg Cosell on social media. Really appreciate it.
Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. You know what else I appreciate right now? Lumen Skin. Thank goodness for Lumen Skin and for my wife who showed me how to put everything on. It's really easy. Like, I just put the stuff on underneath my eyes before I go to bed, and it helped. Look at me. I'm beautiful. I mean, it's amazing. You got to check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. The thing is, is why not? Like, why not take the 30 seconds that it takes to rub the products on your face real quick, especially for me being on TV. It's been awesome. I have them right at right next to my sink, to the right of my sink, right there. And I just put them on. I brush my teeth. I put on my Rogaine, top of my head, and then I, and I do my Lumen Skin. It's that easy. Level up your skincare game with Lumen Skin today. Go to lumenskin.com slash Ross to get your free trial of Lumen's products. That's perfect right there, by the way. Free trial of their products. That's L-U-M-I-N skin.com slash Ross to get your free trial of Lumen's products. Lumenskin.com slash Ross. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ducks takes. Let's start with Tom Brady. We don't know when he's going to retire, but when he does, he's going to be the number one analyst on Fox. Ten years, three hundred and seventy-five million dollars. I don't really understand this, in the sense that now, listen, Tom Brady's pretty much good at everything he tries, so. There's a good chance broadcasting will be the same. He obviously is considered the greatest football player of all time, greatest quarterback of all time. I don't know, though. It just seems like that's a heck of a risk, right? You know, what if he's like Jason Witten? What if he's not good? I mean, I just, more power to him. If I'm Tom Brady, I would have done the same thing. He has locked up his financial future. He knows what he's going to do. And I guess in his mind, if he's not good, that's not his problem. That's Fox's problem now. I really thought when Fox let Troy Aikman and Joe Buck go, I thought they thought, you know what? We love those guys, but people tune in because it's the Packers and the Niners or it's the Cowboys and the Eagles, not because it's Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. We don't need to be paying guys $20 million a year or whatever it is these guys are getting. I thought that's what Fox was doing. Uh, no, they went the other way. We'll let you guys go. We want, we want the next guy. You guys are getting older. We want Tom Brady. It's uh, pretty incredible, really. Ducks takes. Full schedule is going to be released tomorrow evening, but some of the games have already come out. Uh, Monday night football doubleheader for, what is it, week two. Tennessee Buffalo at 7.15, and then Minnesota Philadelphia at 8.30 among some of these games announced already. Right, so the first one 
is on ESPN. The second one is on ABC. I got to be, I'm not a fan of this. I, I don't like this. You know, I guess they realize if they start the second game at 10 o'clock or 1030, a lot of people, it's usually a West Coast game and a lot of people can't hang around for this. But I'm not thrilled. You know, the two teams I probably follow the closest are the Eagles and the Bills. The Eagles, because I work for them, you know, the preseason games, the pregame show, and then the Buffalo Bills, because it was my favorite team of the five I played for. So I guess I personally, Bri, I'm not a big fan that I have to watch, you know, that those two games will be going on at the same time for, what, an hour and a half at least? Maybe two hours? I'm not sure I quite understand that. I think Albert Breer wrote about that. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I know why they're doing it. They want a doubleheader, but they don't want it to be late at night, and people like to watch the end of games. You can watch the end of both. I don't know, though. Um, I'm not a big fan, clearly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, as you and Greg already mentioned, Giants cutting James Bradbury saves them $10 million from the salary cap. Right. And, uh, you know, he can kind of take his time now to see where else he wants to go. But there are teams that still have holes at number two corner. And he's a, still a very solid starting corner in the NFL. So I imagine he's got a pretty good market. To, to get a one-year deal, maybe reset his market, and it doesn't count against compensatory picks, which people like. I mean, listen, you, you can't find starting corners on LinkedIn jobs, but you can find pretty much everybody else because if you create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs, you reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then you add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills. It's it's why small businesses like ours rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Ross. That's linkedin.com slash Ross to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Ducks takes. And one final note, running backs from new teams, Dolphins signing Sony Michelle, Ravens signing Mike Davis. I also saw, by the way, the Texans are like loading up on DNs. Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison from the Bills, 
Rasheem Green as well. So the Texans, I don't know how I missed the Rasheem Green. I don't know if we ever talked about that. Uh, but they just signed a couple of bills, reportedly, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, that we hadn't talked about before. So they are loading up on DNs in Houston. And then as for the running backs, that's a crowded running back room now in Miami. I guess they didn't feel like they had a banger, right? Mostert, not a banger. You know, Miles Gaskin, not a banger. Chase Edmonds, not a banger. I think Michelle is sort of the closer, maybe short yardage goal line back for them. Gaskin looks like he's like on his way out, by the way. We'll talk to Joe Dolan about that on the Fantasy Feast. And then Mike Davis is a perfect running back for the Ravens. Just a downhill, charging, son of a gun. Kind of reminds me of Gus Edwards in a way. Really like that fit for him. Really like our patrons that are we give our shout-outs to. Our I Think We're Done Here members of patreon.com slash RT Media. Like Pizza Boy Brewing, Sportaculture, HumanHeadNYC.com, SteakhouseSports.com, Go-Bangles.com, Evergreen Economics. If you want to hear about the AFC East picks, listen to Emery on the College Draft Podcast. That was awesome. Greg Bedard joins us. And then if you want to hear about horse racing or Steve Fezzik's tips for how to bet NFL when the, the schedule comes out tomorrow night, Even Money Podcast. Joe will be on today's Fantasy Feast. And then really looking forward to diving into the schedule with Michael North from the NFL Friday morning. Great week here on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. Follow me on TikTok so you can win this week. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.